Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Considered to be at the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. A couple different ways that you can get up on that thing. It's through a phone call, first and foremost, and the number is 216-220-0966. Again, that's 216-220-0966. Or you can email me. Here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, by the way. If you've been wanting to get in touch with that newsletter, it's not something that gets blasted out like spam every 10 minutes, 13 times a day, once a week. On very rare occasions have I made use of the newsletter on any other day other than Tuesday at noon Eastern. 99.687% of the time, you will get one newsletter from me alerting you to who is going to be on the show later that evening. And again, that comes out right around noon Eastern. That's lunchtime for the majority of us. So you can put some eyeballs on it and decide tonight is a live tune-in night or this time it might be a podcast for me. Or the super fan would say, not only am I going to be tuning in live this evening, can't wait to get that first hour podcast on Wednesday and the second podcast hour on Thursday. Those are my favorite people, by the way. But however you want to get it, that's what you do. So in case you missed all of that, go to the homepage. You miss it because you don't have the newsletter. You go to the homepage, go to the newsletter, sign up, plop in an email address. That's all I ask. You will get the newsletter delivered that following Tuesday at noon. And as a thank you, you should be also, you should be, you should also get a follow-up email that has my very own personal homemade barbecue sauce recipe, which I ask with peace and love. Do not share it with anybody. It is a special gift to you. Don't try it. Realize how great of a barbecue sauce it is and then say, well, I'm going to take the Barbecue Central Show sauce to market. Screw Rempy. I don't care what he says. I'm going to make millions 
off of his tried and true recipe. Don't be that guy or gal. Keep it for yourself. Let this be our little secret, my sauce recipe to you for signing up for the newsletter. And I'm just informing you once a week. Come on, get on it. BBQ Central Show. The BBQCentralShow.com is the website. Sign up for it. You'll be happy that you did. But if you didn't do it this week, here's what's happening. It is the first Tuesday of the month. By the way, it is the first Tuesday of November. I said it in January. I said it in February to the laughs of the centralite public. But 2018 is rapidly coming to a close. Weeks left, literally. And then we'll be turning the calendar to 2019. Joining me in his first Tuesday spot... None other than Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, of course. And we got plenty to get into it with Ray about, not the least of which is finally being able to get some real-life, real-business recap on Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant. For ages, it was always, when is it going to open? When is it going to open? Well, between the last time and this time, Dr. Barbecue's The Restaurant actually opened. Two days later, by the way, than I bet, and I lost out on like 120 bucks, and I'm pissed. Next time I make the rules, I will make sure they are in my favor. But I did say closest date without going over, and I was over by two days. I had October 15th, and Dr. Barbecue's opened on the 17th. So embedded correspondent Doug Scheiding won that cash. Nevertheless, we will be able to get a, what is it? Today's the 6th. That was the 17th. Roughly three-week recap of what Dr. Barbecues is experiencing right now. How are they trending? Are they meeting expectation at this very infant stage? And have there been any wholesale changes right off the bat? Maybe they were anticipating one menu item to be gangbusters and something else has come up and smacked everything else in the face. So now they might have to make adjustments. Interesting to hear what might be going on in the very beginnings of the opening of that restaurant. So that's Ray Lampy coming up in his nine fourteen usual spot. And then at nine thirty five, we will be rejoined by a friend of the show, semi recurring guest and the creator of the world food championships, Mike McLeod, If you didn't know, because you live under a rock, World Food Championship starts when? Tomorrow. That's right. And we're breaking Mike McLeod away from all of the last-minute planning activities that he possibly has going on to come and chat it up a little bit. A lot of time has evaporated since the last time that we talked to Mike and this time. In fact, the last time we were talking about how there might be a change to the final table, off of last year's process, how there might be a major broadcast network picking up the World Food Championship show, but we never got any finality on that, so we'll be talking with Mike about how it will be ending up 7 through the 11 in Orange Beach, Alabama. If you're going to be around there the next handful of days, you might want to scoot out there and see what food sport is all about. And that's Mike McLeod at 9.35. And then we'll roll into the second hour A couple weeks ago, we tried to have the Butcher of America, or should I say the Americas, Pat LaFrieda on, and roughly 80% of his segment got dumped because we were having a little trouble connecting via the phones. And I said, hey, 
let's try and reset it up again. He happened to be free tonight. So we put it on the books. Lo and behold, two weeks later, Pat LaFrieda shows back up so we can actually talk about the items that I wanted to in the front of that segment. They kind of got trashed. We did end up talking quite a bit about the Ottawa Grill that he is the exclusive North American distributor for, but we actually had some meat talk to engage in, which we didn't get to. So, well, we probably won't be talking about the grills unless you have some great emails that will make me want to start on some of that or finish that topic or through the instant chat. Remember, there's instant chat through YouTube. If you're watching me on Facebook, while there is a chat feature there and there are any number of comments that happened during the course of the show on Tuesday, I don't follow those comments on Facebook because, quite frankly, logistically, it sucks. It's very hard to follow, and I don't have the option of also not seeing me do a live show while those comments are happening. I don't want to do that. It's distracting. I hate looking at myself. I don't want to have to put up with it. So until Facebook can find a better way of me being able to pop out the chat and leaving it on the side of one of my computer screens like I do with YouTube, Facebook will remain uh, a a top video viewing vehicle to be sure, but I will not be answering anything until after the show where I might give you a thumbs up or a comment if it's a timely comment, but I apologize in advance for not answering any questions that you might pop up in the Facebook chat role. It's just annoying and I don't want to have to deal with it. So if you want to engage in the show, write me an email, greg at com. Break me off a phone call at 216-220-0966. Or you can jump over to the YouTube. And if you don't have the YouTube live page, just go to my website and click on the YouTube live link right at the very top. And you can join in with the likes of Jason King from Canada, Smoking Bears, and the whole lot. So that's how you do it. Pat LaFrieda coming up in the second hour. Mike McLeod coming up in about 26 minutes from now. Ray Lampy less than five minutes away. And that's how it shakes out for you this evening. Are you following me socially? I ask this each and every week over the last handful of weeks because I have a fear that while many of you want to, you aren't. Here's how you do it. Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Central Show. And if you're watching me on Facebook, you obviously know how to find it. But if you are a Facebook fan and you just haven't found my page, do the regular Facebook thing. And then at the end, slash BBQ Central Show. By the way, Twitter helped me engage in a in-person interview, finally, with Michael Simon. I will be dumping that into the feed at some point here shortly. That was fun, by the way. All right, Ray Lampy coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, and they have been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They're famous for the original beef sausage. It's coarse ground and natural pork casing. The authentic Central Texas barbecue available for purchase as well, like briskets and ribs and so forth. All meats, including those prime briskets, slow smoked for many hours over Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Keep that website in mind as I will get to a very important part here at the end. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. 
and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. That is timely considering the point in the year that we are at. Do you have multiple people that you will be buying gifts for? Do you want to send them Southside sausages and briskets and sauces and all that good stuff? You can mail to multiple addresses without additional charges at southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now or ship later. That's what I already said. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation. They're shipped in dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome as well. Two restaurants if you want to give them a try. Elgin since 1882. Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the deal. 10% off coupon code for online orders at southsidemarket.com with code BBQ Central, lowercase, BBQ Central, no spaces. That's 10% off coupon code for online orders at southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com with promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ Central, lowercase, one word. Dr. Barbecue talking. Dr. Barbecue. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always, always trust your butcher. Why do we trust our butcher? Because he comes in reserve grand champion at the American Royal Open and wins the 2018 Jack Daniels. That's why we trust our butcher. Of course. All right, stick around for this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. That's right. Dr. Barbecue joining us as he does each and every first Tuesday of the month. Ray, always appreciate you taking time out. How are you? I'm good, Greg. Good to hear you. Uh, good to hear you. How's jury duty treating the good doctor? Oh, it's just great. Yeah, it's you know, I, truly, I don't hate it. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's just the problem is, it's like they said, it's going to be all week, like through Friday. That's I'm a little busy for that at the moment, but it's you know, someone told me, hey, it's part of being an American. Are, are you, have, have you done jury duty before? Never. Okay. Now, well, I mean, I have. See, a- when you grow up in Chicago. Everybody knows a guy, so you never have to go to jury duty. But now that I'm down here, I don't know a guy. 
I have a lot of wood around me, so I'm trying to figure out if I need to start knocking. But uh, at 44 years of age, I've never even been summoned for jury duty, not even once. And, of course, saying that out loud, I'm sure it's in the mail and I'll be receiving it in the <laughs> box tomorrow. But um, So you you have to go to the courtroom every day and, and, and you get dumped into the p- potential like juror's pool? Or how does it work? No, I went Monday morning and I was in the giant room of people and I immediately got, I was the first group I got sent to a courtroom and there was like 30 of us and they were going to pick seven. Mm. And after uh, 45 minutes of questioning people, I was picked out of the seven. So I was kind of, I mean, the good news is I got on right away. The problem is they say the average trial is like one and a half days and ours is going to be five or longer. So so are um, you allowed to give us any insight? Is it like a corporal punishment type of situation? Is it kind of petty or white collar or anything we might be seeing on the news? No, nah, it, it's civil. It's a contract dispute. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's interesting, but boring at the same time. It's so far. It's not I don't hate it so much, but believe me, by Thursday, I will. But no, they threatened the hell out of you not to talk about it. So and and obviously you're not being sequestered. So while they tell you don't talk about it, they're not really that concerned. I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so for ages, Ray, it's been let's get the restaurant update as to when it might open or what stage we're going to be at. Now we can finally start getting the first post opening update, which is a great thing. So first things first, let's go back to that magical first official opening day. After everything that you went through, after probably building things and crushing things down in your mind over and over and over again, how does the first day expectation meet expectation or exceed expectation, or how did it all fall out for you, in your opinion? Um, it was exciting, and we opened busy. We had you know people coming in almost immediately, and it was a pretty busy day. Within a couple of days, we were up to full speed busy as as we could possibly be so it's been uh, yeah it's we've been swamped pretty much every day we had a close one day after about six days nobody had slept and it was just nuts and and we needed to move a couple pieces of equipment that we didn't anticipate so we had to close and get the electricians in and and just like i said just kind of recover but ever since then it'd be three weeks tomorrow it's been balls to the wall and and our people are doing great i mean the food's been terrific. Lee, man, he's killing it. He's he's doing a great job. We're using compound Duroc pork. We're using certified Angus beef. We bought the giant oiler, and we got the guy from Kreitz Market. So our barbecue is really good. Um, when it gets completely slammed, sometimes we have a hard time getting the food to the table. But we're pretty much over that. I mean, it's you know new restaurant blues, but we got over it quick. Can there be new restaurant blues when it's happening like that? I mean, I would imagine... The blues would be you open, you have a really good first day, and then every day after that kind of sucks. But if you're more or less slammed or at least crowded, I would imagine better than the alternative. Yeah, I mean, it's a really nice problem to have. Don't get me wrong. It's We're, we're happy as could be, and our people are doing a great job. It's just like, you know, we, a couple of days we, we got short of meats at the end of the day, and we don't want to do that. You know, we're not proud to run out of food. We're, we feel bad about that. Um, we're not going to like brag about it, like not to mention names, but but we uh, 
you know, but it happens, man. It's a barbecue restaurant. You have to kind of guess how much you're going to serve that day. We have good use for the overflow stuff, but you still can't get it right every day. Now, people understand and they're cool about it. But like this poor guy was planning out a week to come there and he shows up at eight o'clock at night and he wants to have dinner and he wants some ribs and we don't have any. So he's disappointed and it's understandable. Um, most people are cool about it. You know, some of the others, they're not so cool, but it's just part of it. Um, again, we've gotten better every day. I, we couldn't be happier. People are loving the food and all, all is well. I would imagine that the so there's got to be a couple of different hard parts of the barbecue restaurant, whether you're just opening or whether you're in your 10th year of business, which obviously is, a, you know, knowing the marketplace, knowing how because of who you are and how successful your partners have been in the restaurant business here uh, over their professional life on that side of the business. You guys were probably going to start off pretty good, right? So, you know, I wasn't concerned. The embedded correspondents weren't concerned that Dr. Barbecue's restaurant was going to open to pretty loud fanfare and it probably had some good staying power where i'm interested is what about month eight or what about month nine and what planning went into that two years ago as you were starting the ramp up and get to open to make sure that you're still in a very profitable and viable lifespan at month nine because i remember talking about mabel's barbecue he was opening it was like april in 2016 there was going to be the republican national convention here that whole street was being rented out by corporate offices and the sports teams were doing really good. I'm like, Hey, he's going to do really good. He's got a great name. He's got a great location. He's coming into the best time ever. But what about February and what about March of that following year? How good is it going to be now? He's proven out to be pretty successful now going into the third year, but I'm wondering where that kind of mindset might've been with you guys. Well, the, the things you do for that is, you know, I'm not a restaurant guy, but I've been around some marketing stuff for the last 20 years. We have a great location. It's a really great location in a neighborhood that's just re-gentrifying even stronger. We're right across the street from the ballpark. They're either going to build a new raised stadium, which we don't think is going to happen, or the city's going to develop that 80 acres. Um, if you come to St. Pete right now, everything is getting better. I mean, every. If something is get if the lease is up on something, something better moves in. Uh, if a building gets torn down, a bigger one gets built. I mean, it's just booming here right now, and we are right smack in the middle of the hottest area. So, you know, by doing that, you do you hope you've done the right thing. Um, we we did promote it for two years. Yeah, it got a little old at about a year and three quarters in because we couldn't get open. But now that we're open, we're getting we're reaping the benefits of all that, uh, and and we're doing just. I think we continue to do everything right we're not just done right now i was just there at the restaurant because i had to go um there's a jack daniels tennessee squires party at our restaurant so people are acknowledging us jack daniels is you know they like us we're going to sell a lot of jack daniels we have a jack daniels drink on tap so they they said hey we want to have a squires party at, at your restaurant well that's happening there so they said they typically get a 40 to 50 percent response from that well they're probably at 80 percent at our <laughs> event because people were interested in our restaurant so you know what i mean we, we think we're doing all the right things we're not done i've been on every tv station in town over and over and and we'll do it again next week and um you know what i mean we're not we're not like just gonna say okay we got this all figured out we will continue the, the menu changes it's changed a little bit on the fly uh we will fix anything that needs to be fixed so far so good um but anything that needs to be fixed we'll fix and 
uh, we were, I'm there every day, just walking around, touching tables. You know, I, I, you do all those things with the hope that it sustains. We're, we're not like thinking we got this all figured out after three weeks. That's for sure. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show for the Ask Doctor Barbecue segment, drbbq.com, his website. If you want to check it out here while we're chatting him up, um, Ray, you mentioned food and how things are going actually very well. Are there any menu items that? Um, I don't want to say you didn't expect to be as popular, but I'm sure there's things that you think just from a what's hot now in, in a culture situation might be coming. But are, is there anything that jumped off the menu is like, hey, we knew that was pretty good, but the guests are really showing us that this is something that they're really taking a hold of? Uh, the one that I think would was really been a standout is the cornbread madelines. You know, little madeline like kind of shell-looking cookie things. Yeah. I was at Blue Smoke up in New York, and that's how they were doing their cornbread. And I thought this is a great idea because it forces you to have fresh cornbread all the time. Now, they claim to do it to order. We can't do it to order, but but they sure don't sit around very long. So it's really been popular with people. However, the bad news is we got to keep making them like constantly the whole day. Um, so it's good and bad. But that that's one that jumped out that kind of surprised us. Uh the Italian beef sandwich is just a Chicago-style Italian beef that we're using brisket instead of top round or bottom round. Just we thought that would be fun. We're not cooking the smoker. It's just an Italian beef sandwich, and it's doing real well. Um, that's been a pleasant surprise, too, because I, I really like that, and I wanted that to be strong on the menu, and it has been. Um, those have probably been the two breakout surprises. A uh, couple things surprised you in the wrong way. You know, we make some Kentucky beer cheese. And people just didn't get it. You ever have Kentucky beer cheese? Never. It's kind of a it's just a cheese spread, but it's kind of firm, and it's got beer in it, and generally pretty spicy. Well, people completely didn't get that because they expect it to be queso, and we served it with hard pretzels, which even made it more we it, it, it dis, disoriented them even more because it, they thought it's going to be queso with like soft pretzels like you get in a lot of restaurants now so that one we actually pulled it off the menu because it was just a kind of a mess wow. everybody that did order it was mad because it wasn't what they were expecting and i didn't see any way to really win that one so you know but it, it, you try not to change the menu too much in the beginning but something like that it just wasn't working so we pulled it off we have we had these rotisserie chickens with hot our hot my hot chicken rub on them and we thought that would be a big deal and nobody cared about it um but i tend to think Everybody that's coming in right now is ordering our two-meat platter with brisket and pastrami and pork belly and ribs and, and turkey and sausage, and they're ordering the slaw and the beans and the potato salad, and, and no surprise, and the french fries. We have really good uh, hand-cut french fries. Eventually, though, I think they're going to start to order some of those different things a little bit more often, and uh, we'll see a big change in the in the way it goes. But right now, you know, you come to a place called Dr. Barbecue the first time, what are you going to have? You're going to have some brisket and ribs, you know. It's predictable. Is the cooker running 24 hours a day? Um, Pretty close, if not. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think so. I, I mean, we don't, we have an art, you know, we have to clean it on the fly in between. Um, probably nothing comes off between say five and seven or eight you know by then everything's in the holding cabinets it might be holding a little bit in there and then it gets loaded again you kind of got to let it cool off before you load it but in general yeah there's no there's no breaks for it so i think the the well no even the, the old hickory in the kitchen i think it runs 24 hours too so uh, i don't know if you heard or not but i finally was able to wrangle michael simon and did a in-person interview with him earlier today believe it or not <laughs> really you're oh, kidding yeah, i sure did what 
What do you sound surprised? You know who I am, right? It only took me two and a half years to wrangle him down. For as long as it took you to open that goddamn restaurant, it took me to <laughs> wrangle Michael Simon into an interview. And he said, you know, one of the things that he thought helped Mabel's continue to be successful is how, you know, they hold hot. They don't cook, let anything cool down, and then try and rebring it back up. Is that a similar mindset with you guys? Uh, well, it's definitely what we're doing, yes. Uh, I mean, there's two ways to do it, you know. I mean, you want to do it consistently. So you either got to try and hold everything hot and serve it fresh or cool it down properly right away and then reheat it in a, some good fashion. And there's restaurants that do it successfully. But no, nah, that didn't make any sense to us. We just we just figured we'd just cook it and, and, and really try to have ideas for what you do with the others, you know, the leftovers, whatever you got left over. Uh, um, so far, so good. Did you judge the Jack Daniels this year? I, yes, I did. All right, so let's transition over there. Uh, anything else about the restaurant, um, just as we quickly evaluate the, the first three weeks? I mean, it sounds like everything's going more or less swimmingly at this point. Yeah, no, thanks for all the support from everybody. It's been great. Um, let's talk about the Jack, because the grand champion and the reserve grand champion reversed roles from the American Royal Open to the Jack Daniels. You had... Darren winning the Open at the American Royal and Dave Bosca coming in reserve, and then they switched it around at the Jack. You know, when you look at these two guys, I, I don't know if, I mean, certainly Darren is a name that everybody knows, even if you follow competition kind of at a, at a very cursory basis. But David has been competing, I mean, you know, well in the to 10 plus years probably, has uh, quite a substantial business behind him as it relates to barbecue as well. Uh, I mean, it's certainly no surprise to me no surprise to you to see him start taking down some of these bigger titles. But for the people that I guess that don't know him, uh, I mean, this isn't a surprise. He's not coming out of left field. This is a very accomplished cook. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think people are familiar with David because of his products, but he doesn't, I don't know that he travels around as much. Darren's going to every corner of the country and, and kicking ass. You know, I mean, David doesn't get around that much, so I'm not sure folks know him personally, but David's won a lot of stuff in a lot of places, man. I hear he's killing it at that barbecue stand down there, too. What's it like in the judging tent? I don't know if a lot of people understand what judging tents in general look like, especially when you're talking about a sanctioned style contest. And I know the Jack is not necessarily sanctioned, per se, but it kind of is. and A lot of gray area in that tent, I guess. But what's it like in there? Well, it's really cool. It's unlike any other contest, really. It's run straight up like a KCBS contest. There's you know, no misunderstanding. Um, but every table has, there's a lot of room, and, and the, every table has two table captains. So there's really, you know, it's really nice. They really take good care of you, and they really go out of their way to do it. Um, and then there's there's bleachers set up right along the, the judging tent. They put, like, you know, farm fence up, and, and there's bleachers there. So it's really pretty cool. And in the back is, like, uh, I went back there to take a – I wanted to meet Chris Fletcher. is the assistant master distiller, and I never met Chris. So I went back there to introduce myself and say, hi, well, Jeff Arnett was there, too, who's the master distiller, and Marsha, who's the three people on their new master taster bottles. So I got a good picture of myself with the three of them. So, I mean, that doesn't happen everywhere either. Um, there's, like, Jim Cantor is there, the weatherman from the Weather Channel, and uh, – but he comes and judges every year, and he takes it seriously. Ron Childers, who's the, the weatherman in Memphis, is there. But Ron judges Memphis in May and the Jack every year. So it's kind of like there's these celebrities around, but but they're really into it. Kelly Pickler's husband is there, and then he judges every year. So it's like it's this weird 
conglomeration of people, but but they're really they're all serious about it. You know, I mean, it's not a it's not a bad judging situation at all. Um, so it's really it's really very a lot of pop and circumstance, and and they really take care of everybody. There's an apron signing in advance of the judging, and, and then of course the the chef's choice is really elaborate as well as the desserts. So it's it's a special day of judging. I mean, it's very cool of them. They give you a nice goodie bag. I mean, I'm proud to judge it. It's it's really a lot of fun, and it's important, man, because I know the prestige on the other side of winning there. So it, it you know there's no jacking around in the tent. It's it's done on the up and up. You know, I was going to say, when you talk to the competitors, there's always that conversation that takes place between if I win the American Royal, you know, we think it's better because at least every champion has the option of trekking out to Kansas to go ahead and and try and take part in that, where the Jack uh, obviously is a little tougher to get into. You have to win seven. Uh, That's kind of difficult. Maybe you go to a state that has auto auto qualifier and you win that one. But otherwise, you know, you got to win as many as you can to qualify and have your name thrown in that hopper and hope your name gets pulled. And then you get to go and compete. So uh, certainly you are competing against folks that have won because that's kind of the criteria. But how do you compare and contrast those two competitions? Well, as a competitor, I always thought the American Royal Invitational was the top one because everybody's invited and there's room for you. So if you don't go, it's your problem. You know, so I've always felt Memphis and May is not realistic for the KCBS guys. Houston's hard to get into. Um, everybody can come to the American Royal Invitational. And, and I so I've always felt from a competitor point of view. Um, but the Jack is the Jack. You know, it's just got the the. The, the legacy of just it's such a cool place they they take such good care of. i was just telling somebody tonight about the thing about jack daniels is there's a lot of bourbon brands that are a big deal right now none of them have their founder buried in the cemetery on the hill you know and and the safe that is in the office that he broke his toe on and got gangrene and died and you know i mean there's just all this history there that you know marsha lives in a house that was built for the general manager of the of the plant and because her dad was the general manager and he bought the house from him. But so there's just all this genuine history that's there. So, uh, and a square, you go into square and all them shops and stuff. I mean, there's just nothing else like that. Um, and the judging too is, is this pomp and circumstance. It's so cool. The trophies are the coolest. The, you know, uh, there's nothing like the Jack it's it's you know it kind of gets repetitive i've been going for so many years cooking and judging but i I don't want to give up my spot because it's still a really good time ray lampy dr barbecue can be found uh for the rest of the week at least at the jury uh trial room for whatever he's doing there but otherwise (laughs) at at the restaurant that is open now going on the third week uh and to rave reviews uh, all around ray always appreciate the time you give to the show and continued success Thanks, Greg. Come on down and see us. I will, absolutely. That's Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. And what I mean, I will, of course, I mean... Yeah, All guests good. appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. I want to, right? That's what I want. Yummy. I want to come down and see Ray. How soon will I get down to see Ray? <laughs> I don't know. Going into J.O. season and there's no tournaments down in Florida, but we'll see. We'll see. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, makers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Uh, You would recall last week that uh, Tuffy Stone and Bob Trudnack and Mo Kaysan all said that they were cooking on some sort of Green Mountain Grill during their time in the Netherlands. I believe it was The Hague for that Ryder Cup-style barbecue contest that they were taking part in. 
couple months ago. Yeah, that's right. It was Green Mountain Grills. Probably cooking on some Jimbooies so they can fit a lot of different food in there. Or maybe it was the Daniel Boone, which is kind of the medium size. That's, you know, for my money, if you're a small family guy, like four people or less, or maybe you have a couple more kids in there, or you have a bigger family extended that lives with you, but you're just not really into partying, Daniel Boone's still probably going to be that wheelhouse, uh, unless you just like the bigger stuff, then it's the Jim Bowie. Now, because we are in the teeth of football season, college football starting to wind down a little bit, uh, The NFL is certainly right in the middle of the season here. If you love to tailgate, you want something portable, you want something pellet-fired, then the Green Mountain Grill, Davy Crockett, is the grill that you're going to have to take a look at because it's fully portable, goes where you go, and if you don't have access to a traditional outlet, no worries. If you have a 12-volt Outlet in your car, truck, van, or SUV, just plug it in there and away you go. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of capacity for portability either. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Jason Baker and the gang out there continuing to support the show, and we certainly appreciate their support. We are back with the creator of the World Food Championships, Mike McLeod, coming up. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. If you're looking for pellets to fire your Green Mountain Grill, your Traeger, your Cook Shack, or whatever grill that's pellet fire that you have, this is the place you got to go get them. Your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all those pellet-driven cookers, you visit Cookin, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookinpellets.com for more information to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com as well, trying to nail down... Oh, dear. Why do I have two phones? Just give that, give that one a shot. Uh, trying to nail down Chris Becker to, to come on before year-end anyway, but cookandpellets.com is where you want to go. My next guest, President and CEO of MMA Creative, also the creator of the World Food Championships. And that event kicks off in earnest tomorrow, stretching through November 11th. Let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Mike McLeod. Mike, how are you, buddy? Okay, all right. Well, here we go. Now we got it. Hi, this is Mike. Thanks for calling. If you'll leave hey, me Mike. a detailed message, back to you as soon as I can. All right. Mike, why aren't you answering my phone calls? What do you have going on? The World Food Championships or something? <laughs> Don't you even. You know, it's... I was talking with Ray last segment about American Royal v. Jack Daniels. And I have to tell you, like, I, I think there's probably a lot of mindset amongst folks that agree with Ray on the American Royal having the ability to attract any and all. If you win, you everybody has that open invite. But... If you ask somebody, hey, this year you have the option of winning 
A or B, A being the Invitational, B being the Jack Daniels, I would say probably over 90% of them are going to take the Jack Daniels because of the history and the tradition and the mystique and the location, time of year, all that stuff. So I can see where the Jack Daniels ends up edging out. Now, when you talk about the American Royal Open, and I thought Darren Worth made a tremendous point to why he wants to win that more than the invite because Darren has won the Open, I believe it's been three out of the last five years, has not won the Invitational, has won the Open and would prefer to stay an Open champion versus the Invitational because if you win the American Royal Open, you get the Houston Livestock and Rodeo bid, which he is very keen on. He's won that, by the way. And he loves that contest. So. As Ray said, Houston, very hard to get into. But if you win the American Royal Open, well, that really unveils to you a number of other opportunities that winning some of these other competitions don't afford you. One of those being an invite into the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Contest. So, certainly, it's a big one to win. If you win the Jack... You're a Jack winner. If you win the American Royal Invitational, you are an invitational winner. You can promote yourself as the best around that year for sure. Because everybody else there has won an event. No doubt about it. I don't know if the American Royal has helped themselves with the amount of times they've moved dates and locations here over the last handful of years. I think that's taken a little bit of shine just off of that event in general. Not that people don't want to not win it, but I don't think it's helping them. That's for sure. I was still trying to connect or chase down Mike McLeod. Maybe I should... Uh, uh, okay... Let me uh, drop him a quick note. Trying to call you. And I'll leave the hotline number. Maybe we're running into a uh, Pat LaFrieda. Oh, oh, right. Got to put in a name there. There you go. Here we go. We could be running into a Pat LaFrieda situation. Let's hope it's Hold on. Mike? Mike? No. That was voice. <laughs> so we'll see if he calls in or not. I don't know if uh, you guys follow me on social media. Even though I'm requesting it each and every show. All right. You know what I th you know what I just realized I hate when you are linking into a news website and the story that I'm about to tell you about has obviously been something that they have run during a televised newscast and it sits right up there on top of the page and it just goes full bore right into that newscast. Hey, stop that. I'm trying to pass this off as my own. WTSP.com 10 news. 
don't expose me for being the fraud that I am. Let me do that on my own. And if I can get away with it, let me get away with it. Now, come on. But anyway, if you haven't been following me on social media, then you might have missed this post I made. uh, Maybe it was yesterday. Again, from WTSP.com, that's Whiskey Tango Sierra Papa. High school varsity barbecue teams? Yeah. It's a thing in Texas. Only a handful of schools in North Texas have barbecue teams, but the idea is gaining popular uh, is gaining popularity. Dateline is it Ennis, E N N I S Texas, Ennis Texas, or Enos? Let me tell you, one of my favorite characters ever on the face of the earth was Enos. <laughs> but I think that was Georgia Dukes of Hazard. Remember Enos? Enos. You dipstick. <laughs> when you say varsity in Texas, the word football usually follows, but how about barbecue? At Enos or Ennis High School, a group of students loves their brisket and ribs just as much as their pigskin. Last year, the school created its very first competitive barbecue and traveled to cook-offs involving other schools across the state. Only a handful of schools in North Texas have barbecue teams, but the idea is gaining popularity. Horticulture teacher Tommy Copeland helped started his team at EHS after discovering an annual state tournament in Burnett, where or Burnett, over 100 schools compete. In a quote, when we tell people about it, they're in disbelief at first, Copeland said. Then they say, wow. I wish that was around when I was in school. I would have been on that team, he says with a laugh. At Enos, or Ennis, high school, the barbecue team is like a Texas hybrid of metal shop and home economics. The students fabricate and weld their own cooker together, then use it to compete. Copeland and other vocational teachers assist the students in learning how to become pitmasters, Teachers or instructors aren't allowed to help students during the cook-offs, and they're judged on their best beef brisket, pork rib, one-half chicken, best beans, dessert, best pit, most school spirit, and best t-shirt. If you've never been to Enos or Ennis, the town's foundation includes a rich Czech heritage, Copeland adds, that helps them in the competition. Also in a quote, we have some Czech recipes that we don't divulge to anyone, Copeland said. The only requirements to be on the barbecue team? Maintain a passing average, and you have to be a senior. No! You have to be a senior? Hey, Enos or Ennis High School, it would seem to me... That if it was a, a real varsity sport like basketball and football, you would want a JV team, you would want a freshman team, maybe the middle school wants some of that. But don't you think it would be wise to have a state contending varsity boys barbecue team? It doesn't mention, by the way, if it's for boys or girls, or if it's co-ed, or if the girls have their own competitive team, potentially. 
Wouldn't you want to have these guys down in the minor leagues honing their pitmaster skills? I mean, what happens if a uh, a zesty 16-year-old named Ty Machado walked onto the team? You're telling me he can't be part of your team? He's a championship pitmaster already at like 16 years old. Not a senior. Are you telling me you're not going to put Ty Machado on your varsity team because he's not a senior? So I think you got to rethink that, Copeland. I think you want to start getting the freshmen and the softs and the Junes all working together so they're ready to step in. You want the best talent on that high school competitive barbecue team. Let me continue. However, that doesn't stop Copeland from mentoring aspiring juniors who have interest in the team, like Marshall Sladdack. Juniors, what about the sauce and the froth? Guess not. Before Ennis's or Enos's home football game against Corsicana, uh, let me just back out here just for a second. To the folks in Texas, well, I know as it is of utmost importance for you guys to figure out a way to secede from the union, and good luck with that. I apologize profusely for mispronouncing every possible word that has to do with Texas here. I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm just unaware of how you guys say stuff down there. But uh, let me get back into it. Before Ennis's or Enos's home football game against Corsicana, he and some other juniors got some rib practice outside the stadium. We all barbecue. Why not take it to the competition level, Sladdeck says. Every guy needs to know how to do it. Uh, Are we talking about barbecue still, Slad Deck? For Copeland, it all comes down to one thing. And a quote, when these boys leave here, they are all kings of the grills, Copeland said. And when you hear that, you can't help but think only in Texas. Really? I could see that happening in Oklahoma. I could see that happening in Louisiana. Definitely in Florida. Anywhere where it's really kind of warm out all the time. I can see high school varsity barbecue teams becoming a thing in general. And if this becomes a real deal, full-blown varsity sport across the state of Texas, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, Texas is a very big state, one of the largest in the union, in the country. I have a sneaking suspicion that this is going to trickle up into higher education. So if you are going to uh, Enos High School or Ennis High School and you take down multiple GCs through your senior year, Texas Tech or University of Texas or uh, other Texas schools. Who are the horn toads? Is that in Texas or horn frogs? Horny frogs? Is that it? What other schools are in Texas? Are Amarillo State, El Paso State, San Antonio, Texas State, uh, Sam Houston? I know that's a real college. They might be offering full ride scholarships for competition barbecue teams. How about that? Bring me on. Hey, Billy Joe.
Where are you going to college next year? I'm going to UT on scholarship. Oh, football? Nope. Golf? No. Tennis? You know I'm fat, don't you? Well, I do see that, Billy Joe. Where are you going? Why are you going? How do you get a scholarship? Is it them there smarts? Nope. I'm going full ride competition barbecue pit master, bitch. That's right. That's right. So, tell your kids, hone the skills, especially if you're in Texas. Not only can you make a varsity sport in high school, as I said just a few minutes ago, might uh, trickle upwards. Beach volleyball for women is a scholarship sport. If you're really good at beach volleyball right now, you can earn a full ride to a college playing beach volleyball. True story. Why not competitive barbecue? It can happen. Uh, No thanks to Mike McLeod probably being too busy and forgetting about me because the World Food Championships are tomorrow. Uh, By the way, Mike, bad karma before the World Food Championships takes off. (laughs) No show? (laughs) Yikes. Everybody keep an eye on the World Food Championships. Who knows what's going to happen now? Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, the Traeger Grill. The Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger Grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traeger's can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check your cooks, kick the temps up, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all through your phone on the Traeger Grill app. Find one at your local Traeger dealer today or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. Now, pay attention. You want to beef up that barbecue game of yours? Is it stinking a little too much? Did the hearty hand clasp and ass slaps from the neighbor's take a little bit of a tumble over this summer let's beef up that barbecue game together how are we going to do that yes let me tell you traeger shop classes that's right they're going across the country bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere you go taught by professional pitmasters like doug shiding and diva q and chad ward and uh, matt Pittman, just to name a few you'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory find a shop class near you Sign up today at this website, TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Traeger Grills, getting ready to complete the first year of partnership here with this show, and we thank them for that. Looking forward to a 2019 reemergence. We'll let you know on that. Pretty much every show sponsor already committed to coming back to 2019. Uh, Smithfield has uh, just refired up, so we're happy to have them back on as well for 2019. Let's go ahead and wrap that first hour. Your phone calls and emails as well, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Stick around. Be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Uh, Rob Coling helping me out with some Texas colleges. Rice University, forgot about that. What about Tulane? Is Tulane in Texas? Is that the right one? What about, uh, uh, oh, 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 I got one. Texas Commonwealth University, right? TCU is it? All schools that could potentially be bringing on a scholarship position for competitive barbecue pitmaster. Can you imagine those schools are, you know, now have head coaches of competitive barbecue, like they're trying to figure out a way, like Oklahoma State University is trying to figure out a way to lure Dave Bosca into the to be the first commissioner of barbecue at, at OSU. Dave, how much do we have to pay you to be the head coach of our uh, men's Division One competition barbecue team. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's a, if that would be a thing? Iowa State soliciting Darren Worth. Clone, how do we make you? What do we have to do to make you be our Division One Iowa State University competition barbecue head coach? What do we have to do to you, Clone? What do we have to do? I'm kind of anxious to see if I'm going to start a whole thing with this. Here we go. Here we go. By the end of 2019, a college will have a competitive barbecue team book it. Book it. All right, so there was no Mike McLeod last segment. John Dawson weighing in. Subject line, the Jack. In my mind, I draw a parallel between the Jack and the Masters in golf. It's just the perfect combination of reaching the pinnacle of your craft with a huge dose of history and mystique. Don't disagree. Uh, John Dawson also weighing in. Subject line, World Food Championships 2019 Finals. Rems, I have a suggestion for Mike McLeod. He should shoot to host the 2019 final table next year. I'm sorry, next year. Leap year on the International Space Station. (laughs) Only if there is a broadcast network ready. Only. Tulane's in Mississippi. Oh, no, it's in Louisiana. I thought it was in California now that I was thinking about it. What's it? Oh, that's Pepperdine. Right. There's so many colleges out there that could be getting into competition barbecue we don't even know about. Maybe I should have my uh, daughter's Division II college, which is taking her in on volleyball scholarship, see if they're interested in having me come on and having her be the first scholarship athlete for the uh, competition barbecue team. Walsh University competition barbecue team. Swords up! I don't want to build my own pit, though. F that. That's no fun. If you're in Texas, Jamie Gear. Texas Christian. Yeah, that's what I meant. Texas Christian University. (laughs) Texas Commonwealth or Virginia. Whatever. 
course it's Texas Christian. I knew that, John. I'm a huge football fan. Ohio State, Ohio University, Ohio State, Ohio State. They've done well for themselves. All right, we're going to point to the second hour. Refresh your libations, Pat LaFrida, as well as some other items. Stick around. We'll be right back.